0: Beep, 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 yeah. you can my yes, and now, broadcasting from the 960 The Patriot Studios in beautiful Arizona, your Car
2: Insiders. Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? Good morning and welcome to Your Car Insider on 960 The Patriot. My name is Gary Green. I'm the host of the show. And as always, the easiest way to reach me is 602-525-1370. New Year's upon us. Uh, I didn't mention last week when I was talking about the radio show on the radio show that if you were waiting for the year-end year-end clearance sales and things that were going to happen uh, for the end of the year, most of those things aren't happening right now or happen this year because there's no inventory. You know, normally when there's giant rebates and giant sales, it's because they have a bunch of inventory. Now, I think that. Some of the manufacturers, advertising is a little bit misleading when they talk about the December to remember or the holiday sales or the this or the that. You have to go to the dealership to buy a car to see what it is they have. I was talking to a friend of mine that said, Gary, it's so hard selling these Internet lead people cars because we don't have anything. It's so hard to work a lead when you don't have the car because some people aren't aware of what's going on. Uh, And as I've mentioned, it's boils down to if the car's there, buy the car. If you're not ready to buy a car, stay home. It's I don't understand sometimes when people go out, go car shopping because they have nothing better to do. Well, I had a radio show listener call me and said, well, you know, I'm not really ready to buy the car, but I'm going to start shopping around a little bit. I said, well, the problem you're going to have with shopping around is if you go to the dealership and want to drive something, the odds of them having that thing is slim and none. So today I'm going to talk about some articles that I found, and I want to see if I can pull this one up. Don't trust these two car features in the rain. I'm a slow typer. Okay, so here's the article. It was Money Talk News, December 11th. Don't trust these two car features when it's raining. A sudden downpour can make it difficult to see when you're driving. But heavy rain also can obscure the vision of your vehicle's safety system, possibly putting you in danger. Recent testing finds. According to an analysis by AAA, moderate to heavy rain can reduce vehicle safety systems' performance significantly in closed-course testing that used simulated rainfall. AAA found that test vehicles with automatic emergency braking, colliding with a stopped vehicle 33% of the time when traveling at 35 miles an hour. Test vehicles with lane keep assist technology departed from their lanes 69% of the time. AAA notes that vehicle safety systems often are evaluated in ideal operating conditions instead of using the real world conditions that drivers commonly face. That's another thing that's done is when they talk about fuel economy, that fuel economy is normally calculated off of a closed test track. It's not everyday driving systems. Now, I have a little calculator in my car uh, that pops up when I'm driving to tell me how many miles to the gallon I get. So it's it's the number three or four screen and it says fuel economy and I very rarely look at it because if you listen to the show, you know that I have a high performance manual transmission Dodge Challenger. And I always laugh because if I have it on and I take off from the light, it normally says three, four, five miles to the gallon. If I'm on the freeway and I remember to put it in sixth gear, not fourth gear, uh, I look down and I'm getting 30, 40 miles to the gallon. Uh, But the actual testing is not done normally in normal driving conditions. They're normally done on closed tracks, just like these tests were done. In a press release, AAA's director of automotive engineering and industry relations says vehicle safety systems rely on sensors and cameras to see road markings, other cars, pedestrians and roadway obstacles. So naturally, they are more vulnerable to environmental factors like rain. They're also vulnerable to dirt. I've seen where, you know, it will actually send off a warning in the car. System inoperable. Please clean front of the car, whatever it is. In additional testing, AAA found that a simulated dirty windshield covered with a concentration of bugs, dirt, and water did not negatively affect overall safety system performance. The dirt that I was talking about is on your parking sensors. However... AAA notes that a dirty windshield can still affect safety system cameras, and the organization urges drivers to keep their windshield clean. This is not the first time that AAA has uncovered flaws. In vehicle safety systems, earlier testing found that vehicles struggle to stay in the lanes in moderate traffic on curved roads and near busy intersections, fail to stop for pedestrians in many situations, including when people cross in front of a vehicle or a child darts out from between two parked vehicles, hits disabled vehicles or veers too close to other vehicles or guardrails. AAA says such failures underscore the need for additional fine-tuning of safety systems. For now, AAA recommends that drivers take steps such as keeping windshields clean, avoiding hard braking and sharp turning, remaining five or six seconds distance between, behind the vehicle ahead, easing off the accelerator rather than hitting the brakes when the vehicle starts to hydroplane. Okay, folks... One thing I will share, and I've talked about this before, how expensive windshields have gotten. And one thing they did not mention in this, if you have your windshield replaced and when you look at your car, if you look at your windshield and you put your hand on the mirror and there's a box behind the mirror between the mirror and the windshield and it's somewhere in the six to eight inches by six to eight inches on the windshield – Or five inches, whatever it is. That's all of your safety stuff. In the event you have to have your windshield replaced and you have blind spot monitors, lane departure warning, adaptive cruise control, full surround cameras, the windshield needs to be calibrated. Okay, so you want to make sure that that is done before you end up having an issue where you have a false sense of security and you actually don't have those features working. Another article that I found, Buying Older Cars, Five Tips. So when I Google that article, come on. This was on Autoblog, December 3rd, 2001. In an era of higher prices, older cars can be a viable option if you do your homework. Okay, I looked at a, a Honda the other day at a car dealership. It was a 2012 169,000 miles or 165,000 miles. The dealership doesn't negotiate, and it was ninety nine ninety five plus tax and license, a 260 plus thousand mile car. In 2018, the U.S. Federal Highway Administration said the average light vehicle driver put roughly 13,500 miles on their vehicle every year. In January of this year, that puts in the middle, uh, the record was 12.1. Let me start over. In 2018, the U.S. Federal Highway Administration said the average light vehicle driver put roughly 13,500 miles on their vehicle every year. In January... This year, consulting firm IHS Markets said the average U.S. vehicle was a record 12.1 years old. That puts the man in the middle in a 2010 model year runabout with approximately 163,350 miles. The world's current troubles have only exacerbated this as people hold on to their cars longer while waiting for prices to go down. And I'm adding this, they ain't going down anytime soon, which means there are a lot of high-mileage cars out there. And just like the three rules of buying real estate are location, 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 the three rules of buying an old car are preparation, preparation, preparation. Here are a few tips to help you bring a peach instead of a project. Understand something when you buy a used car at a car dealership. You have a 500-mile, 15-day implied warranty, and that's only on safety items in the vehicle. Tip number one, research. Whether you want an old car because it fits your budget, your investment plans, or your style, Booking a research day with the internet is the first thing to do after deciding on the make and model. Every car has its fan base somewhere, so you can find good buying guides and histories driving into the vehicle's worth, what to look for, what to avoid, and what it costs to keep running, what want to fix or upgrade immediately after purchase. If a seller mentions a car has been dealer-serviced, check the brand to see if you can get service records. Spend the Benjamins on a Carfax for a car that you're really interested in, Whether you're buying from a dealer or private party, if the buyer has receipts, great. But an objective third party is always a good call for an old car. Folks, don't trust any of these buying history reports on service history because not all dealerships report to Carfax Auto check, whatever it's called. You can buy a car that said it's never been serviced, and there's the guy with the service history from the original date of purchase from the dealer, and it's every 5,000 miles, and when you go to Carfax, it says the car's never been serviced. I prefer to see service records from a customer or a car dealership than to what Carfax says about the service history. I'm not saying Carfax is a bad thing. I'm just telling you that it's not a hundred percent thing. Find out where the car spent its time. Now, that's a great, great reason to look at a Carfax. Uh, if a car was registered in, in Louisiana... It's going to say that on the Carfax. If it was registered in Texas, it's going to say that. Now, one thing that could be a little misleading on a Carfax is if it says there's multiple owners and the guy swears to he's the original owner. Well, if he leased the car and then bought it and then moved, it could possibly show three owners. The buyer's guide. The Federal Trade Commission requires every dealer to put a buyer's guide in every used car it's selling. It's usually taped to the window. Read it from top to bottom. If the guide says there's a warranty, the dealer is obligated to buy honor the warranty no matter what is in the sales contract. That's that implied 500-mile, 15-day warranty on most used cars. We'll be back after a short break. Valley. Choose the right test drive location or route. That was tip number three. Before we keep going on that, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. The easiest way to reach me is 602-525-1370. Very special thanks to Joey Staples at Earnhardt Honda. Completely understands what it is I'm trying to do to help someone buy a car. Once again, choose the right test drive location or route. There's a good chance you won't meet the seller where the car spends most of its time parked. This means you won't be able to check for easy tells like fluid stains under the engine. Put together our recommended kit to evaluate a used car and either meet in a place that has bright light and enough shade to cover the car or take a test drive to such a location. As for actuality, conducting the test drive, here's a guide for how to do that. Uh, I'm going to talk about test drives in a little bit, but here's a very important thing. I used to go to the auction and buy used cars quite often. I don't do that anymore. But I used to go the day before the auction or two days before the auction to look at vehicles. There's no better time to look at a car than when it's cold. When I say cold, it could still be 100 degrees out, but if the car hasn't started, the engine's cold. You can start a car that's got 75,000 miles on it and it might make some funny noises when you first start it up. A ticking sound, a clunking sound, some kind of a noise. When you shut the car off and you start it up the second time, the oil has already been picked up by the oil pump and you've lubricated some of the engine and some of those noises might be gone. So if you show up to look at a used car and it's fifty, it's 65 degrees out or 75 degrees out and the hood feels warm, you know that the car has recently run. You might not hear all those noises. Now, one thing I will tell you, a very important thing to have with you when you go to look at a used car is a flashlight and a rag. So when I used to go to the auction, the car was cold. The first thing I did was I popped the hood of the car. I didn't start the car. I popped the hood of the car. I opened up the radiator cap if there was one. If it's a closed system and there's the reservoir pickup on the side, I check that. You look for discoloration, okay? If it looks brown and rusty, there's a problem with the cooling system. Drop the hood next. Okay? If that looks good, you pull out the dipstick. Now if the dipstick looks burnt, and when I say burnt, the metal on the dipstick is a different color, which possibly means the car has had an overheating issue. So if you have the funny-looking antifreeze and the funny-looking dipstick, now you have two reasons to walk away. Now, you pull the dipstick out, you wipe it off, you stick it back in, you pull it back out, and you see where the oil level is. Okay, Oil level is always at its highest when the car is cold. If you shut off a car and then go to check the oil, all of the oil may not have already run back down into the oil pan. I like to check the transmission fluid in the event that the car has had transmission serviced. Fluids have certain colors. Fluids have certain smells. If anything smells burnt, you have to be leery of what you're looking at. It's very, very important check fluids. You want the bright light to easily check for glass, paint, body or rust issues and under the hood. It's easier to check the condition of belts and hoses and the rubber on the pedals in the driver's footwell in good sunshine. Most important, you want to check every fluid and look for fluid leaks in the engine bay. The sunshine will ensure every fluid, oil, coolant, transmission, power steering is the color it should be. It's very important. Now, I always believe in having a pre-purchase inspection, but I will tell you, it's very important to do that with somebody that you know and you trust, and when I tell these stories, these are stories that I tell that are certain circumstances, and I mentioned not long ago that I became friendly with a father, and when I say a father, the priest type of father. And he lives up in Flagstaff, and his family lives in the valley. they drove up and down this hill uh, quite often, he did, to visit his family. So he had a 2014 car that I'm pretty sure uh, didn't ever get shut off. So if you go to 2014 and you do seven... Uh, and you use the 13,000 miles that this gentleman mentioned about average miles on a car. Well, seven times the 13,000 would be 91,000 miles on the car. Well, his car was hovering around 207,000 miles. And when I tell you uh, I'd have bought this car in a heartbeat for somebody that I know, even with the 214,000 miles on it, because when I tell you he had a four-inch folder, a four-inch folder, of every receipt on every service he did. Now, this is one of the dealerships that actually reports to Carfax. So not only did he have the receipts, he had a Carfax that showed all of the repairs that had been done. So the only thing that really needed to be done, and I wanted to do this before I sold the car uh, for the father, was get the oil changed. So, There's a local repair shop around the corner from my home, and I didn't want to go there. Uh, I had read some really bad reviews about people not being happy with how they were treated. So I decided to go to a different small repair facility, a little bit further from my house. And I watched the young man do a great inspection under the hood. He checked all the fluids. He put the car up in the air. Uh, He looked at the tires. He did this. He did that. And the oil change took about an hour. So I turned around and I paid and I went home. And it was kind of funny because no one had called in about two weeks that the car was on Craigslist. And I had a feeling that it was because of the 200,000 miles. So I got a phone call from Father Matt, and he said, Gary, hey, I just wanted to check in, see what was going on, see how you're doing, if you had any interest in the car. And I said, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm a little surprised I really even hadn't gotten a phone call. And I got up the next day, and I get a phone call from a gentleman. And it was kind of funny, because he begged me to not sell the car on Wednesday, Because he could come down Friday with all the money to buy the car. And his exact words were, I give you my word as a gentleman, we're going to buy the car. Okay, great. But understand, I'm not going to sell it, but I'm not taking the ad down either. Well, the next day I get a phone call from him and he says, well, my wife decided she didn't want a gold car. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the car's silver. It's not gold. And I don't care if you don't want to buy the car. And I didn't say to him, well, is it that your word's no good or you're not a gentleman? And we just, you know, I was very friendly to him and got off the phone and took his phone number out of my phone and kept on with my day. So the funny thing was I got another call from the father the next week. And he said, Gary, you know what? At the afternoon, at the afternoon service today, afternoon mass, I'm going to pray for the car getting sold. And I kind of laughed because the next day I got a phone call from somebody. And it was kind of funny because the father works up north and this gentleman lived up north. And he said, can I come look at the car? And this guy came down and just a really good guy. And uh, I kind of got a kick out of it because he was with his parents uh, and he's 50 and his parents really liked the car. I'm going to finish this up after the break. I'm Gary. I'm the host of the show, and I will be back after a very short break.
1: valley
2: welcome back to your car insider on 960 the Patriot. i want to start off with sending out a very special thanks to chad Sassan at rodeo kia in avondale arizona uh when he has the cars he's very very easy to deal with uh but like everybody else you know i i jokingly say the car business has become new 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 names for the car business Go fish and hide and seek. The cars are all hiding, and you got to seek them out. We've been talking about buying that used car, and a lot of people. And I'm helping a friend of mine right now, and he can't decide whether to buy the fifteen thousand dollar car and finance it, or the eight thousand dollar beater. The problem is the fifteen thousand dollar cars are pretty scary. So I'm talking about looking at the used cars, and I was talking about the father. So when. When the gentleman came down, he looked at the car. We took it for a test drive and he said, well, I've got seven other cars to look at. I'd like to keep this one in mind and I'll call you and let you know. So a couple of days went by and I got a phone call from the gentleman. He says, I'd like to come back and look at the car. By, By far, it was the nicest vehicle that we have looked at. I'd like to take it for another test drive and is it possible to have a mechanic look at it? And I said, "Well, it's possible to have a mechanic look at it, but I just had it the oil changed. Would you like me to get an inspection report from that facility?" Gary, that would be great. So, to my disappointment, I went back to this facility that I thought was wonderful and When I went to this gentleman, he turned around and said, well, these are the things that he noted. Well, one of them was replace the spark plugs. Well, if you didn't take the spark plugs out, I'm not quite sure how you would know you needed to replace the spark plugs, especially if there was no miss in the car and no check engine light on. Because sometimes a check engine light can tell you that the code is for bad spark plugs. And then he mentioned something about the vehicle needing a transmission service. And I said, okay, can you print that for me? And he printed it and I went home and the gentleman showed up and I said, listen, if if you want to take the car someplace and have it inspected, I don't have a problem with that. But let me show you what I have. So I showed him all of the service histories. I showed him that the Carfax matched the service histories. And then I showed him what they thought should have been done to the car. And the sad part was within the last 20,000 miles, those items had been replaced. The spark plugs were done 20,000 miles ago, and so was the transmission serviced. So he said, Gary, you know, how about if I just take it for another test drive? And I'd like to find a hill. So there ain't no hill like going up to Flagstaff on the I-17 because you're going up 7,000 feet or 6,000 feet. Well, I'm not doing that on a test drive. So, I said, I'll find you the biggest hill I can find around the house. So we drove out to 67th Avenue. We went over to Happy Valley. We made a right to head west on Happy Valley and around 83rd Avenue. You run into one of the bigger hills you're going to run into. And the car went up the hill, went down the hill, went up the hill when we came back, went down the hill. And he said, you know what? I'll take the car. Haven't heard from him uh, since. So I'm hoping everything went well with him. Uh, but folks, it's really, really important. Do your own. Look at the car. The last tip that they said, and this is important. Test all electrical features. Okay, Fixing a power window motor could be three to $700. You want a shadow. You want the shadow to test all the vehicle's electronic features like low and high beam headlights, adaptive headlights, test every interior light too. Make sure all the illuminated buttons are illuminated. Test everything that starts with the word power, especially seat function and convenience features like cruise control. The backup camera, blind spot monitoring, and steering wheel heating. If you're looking at an EV or an electric plug-in hybrid with a pure electric driving range, ask the seller to make sure the battery pack is fully charged before you view the car. Ask the seller if he has recent battery pack evaluation report from the dealer. I will never forget looking at a used car with somebody and the person was about five foot three and it was very important to her that she had a power seat in the vehicle And it was kind of, it wasn't funny, but when we got there, the only thing wrong with the car was the power seat didn't work. It went forward and back. It was stuck in the lowest position. So the ironic thing was stuck in the lowest position when this young lady got in the car, no matter what she did with the seat adjustment, since it was stuck in the down position, it was, she couldn't see over the steering wheel. It was kind of funny. She was like sitting down with her hands up in the air and not being able to see over. So I made a quick phone call, and it was a simple fix, but the fix was somewhere between $400 and $800, depending on what component needed to be changed, okay? Buy a used car, private party, it's called buyer beware. The joke that used to be in the car business, if you buy a car and it's a piece of junk and it snaps in half, as you're driving home, you own two halves of the car now.
3: Remember when a small business needed a landline?
2: Welcome back to Your Car Insider on 960 the Patriot. I want to send out a very special thanks to David Garcia, Alex Medina, at Rodeo Ford in Goodyear, Arizona. Also want to thank Troy and Rich Descheides over at Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen 8801 West Bell Road in Peoria, Arizona. When I talk about these articles, everything that I find is under research on MSN's auto page. And I don't want to go through the articles, but I just want to warn people about something. And... Here's a manufacturer that states, Stellantis banking on $22.5 billion from in-car software purchases by 2030. Folks, if you buy a car, there's nothing wrong with asking what of these electric features are going to need a subscription. They're talking, some manufacturers are talking about charging you to use the remote start on your key fob. Okay, I don't exactly know how I didn't read the whole article. I don't want to go through that because there's something else I'd rather talk about in the last segment today. But I did see an article and it was Stellantis, which is Chrysler. And there was one about Toyota. But one of the articles when I mentioned about the test drives. So this test drive was actually pretty interesting So, a man, I'm going to read the article title Man Buys a GLE 63 to Flip. Come on, where are you? Man buys a GLE 63 to Flip, and here's the worst part Uninsured SUV stolen. Man buys an AMG GLE 63 to flip, uninsured SUV stolen during the test drive. A young man named Marco in Ontario, Ontario, Canada wanted to get into the luxury car business, but had a rough start when thieves took the 2017 Mercedes-Benz GLE 63 S Coupe that he was trying to sell. Now he's out $65,000 unless the cops can recover the performance crossover. I'm going to warn you about these things. Okay. If you're selling a car, private party, by yourself, my recommendation is don't show the car alone, okay? Don't let anybody get in the car unless you're sitting in the seat. If you get in the car and you're sitting in a seat and they point a gun at you, get out of the car, okay? Let them steal your car. But folks, if you buy a car, make sure, okay, you... you have the car insured. Now, here's a 21-year-old kid that bought a $65,000 car, and he didn't have insurance. He didn't have a license plate insurance, and he agreed to meet the prospective buyer in a parking lot. Well, A, what are you doing driving a car with no insurance? And B, what are you doing driving a car that's not registered? Okay. Not not very bright, in my opinion. On, now, I don't want him to lose his money, but folks, if you're selling your car, private party, please, please be careful. There are scams everywhere right now, and it's, it's pretty, pretty sad. I woke up the other day at 4 o'clock in the morning, and the TV happened to be on, and I was watching a special warning about scams. They're everywhere. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If somebody's asking you uh, for something, it's all about protecting yourself. That's all I'm going to say about that. But there's a lot of scams out there. I mean, someone called me the other day. They sent me a text about the, uh, and you can Google this, uh, Norton LifeLock scam. Email. Report a scam like Norton LifeLock. So this scam... They sent me the email provides instructions on opening the attachment and enabling macros in order to trick victims in installing malware that gave the scammer significant access to the consumer's computer. Okay, so they sent me an email saying that my Norton LifeLock had been reissued. Well, I don't have LifeLock. I have my credit all locked when I, I was just curious. So rather than responding to the email, I called the phone number. Okay. So when I called the phone number, I could tell by the voice on the phone and the this is your performa invoice. Make sure to print a copy, save for your records. You will find below on your registered account. If you want to cancel this order, kindly reach out to our customer support. Be careful; it can happen to anyone. Uh, I watched something the other day where this woman got taken for five hundred and thirty. in scams. And they got a hold of this woman and she had early onset dementia. Enough of this phishing, enough of this email fraud. Just warning people, please keep your eyes and ears open. And if something doesn't sound right, it probably isn't. So one of the last things I want to talk about today was actually brought to my attention by a person that's never listened to the radio show. I talk to her every day, but she doesn't listen to the radio show. Happens to be my wife. So she actually said to me, why did Volkswagen change the verbiage in their lease ads online on TV commercials? And she said it used to say sign and drive. Well, now it says sign then drive. Don't know what the difference is. Couldn't really find that out. But here's the one thing I'm going to warn everybody about. If you're looking to lease a car, most important thing to remember is read the small print. Now, what's going on right now in the 33 years that I've been involved in the car business is something that I've never seen before where the manufacturers are now dictating to the consumer what they are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do with their current lease car. And they're telling people, if you would like to trade your car in, you can either trade it at the original manufacturer or one of its, for example, if it's a Honda, you can trade it at an Acura dealership one of the sister brands. But if you have a Honda, you're not trading it in on a Toyota. Uh, Never seen this before. Uh, It's a little upsetting to me that this is going on. I haven't seen it really burn anyone yet, but they're not accepting, a lot of the manufacturers are not accepting payoffs from the non-brand. So my wife got me thinking about this article. And that this commercial. So it said sign and drive versus no money down. No money down versus sign and drive lease deals. What's the difference? Picture this. <coughs> Excuse me. Picture this. You're a proud, long time pre owned car buyer. You love the idea of purchasing and owning a car, driving it into the ground without any restrictions, and calling it over calling it your own. However, the allure of driving a brand new car, state-of-the-art model, straight off the lot has always been enticing, and it's never more tempting than it is now with auto manufacturers leasing, rolling out deals left and right. (laughs) I'm not so sure about the deals being rolled out left and right due to the fact that there's not a lot of inventory. A lot of these deals that they're advertising, the dealers don't even have the cars. So, you do some research on the cars you like, the must-have features, the, you want to be included, and in what you want your monthly budget to be around. You lock it on a luxury SUV and you had your eye on for a while but always seemed unattainable. The excitement of driving off from the dealership and your new ride is firmly planted in your brain and you delve deeper into some of the offers that are out there on your soon-to-be dream car turn reality. That's when you see the two phrases that seem to start off each head. Lease for no money down and sign and drive offer. What's the difference, you ask? No money down, they say in this article. Your total lease cost is determined by a few factors. The total lease price of the car, your credit score, sales tax, assorted fees, and how much you're willing to put toward the total purchase or lease of the car, also known as your down payment. No down payment on the vehicle. The more money you put down, the lower the monthly payment. Don't need to come up with a large sum at money of money at leasing, paying taxes, and fees up front equal lower monthly payment. The more money you put down, the better chance you will be approved if you have bad credit. There are some leases that you look at. It doesn't matter what your credit score is. And when I say it doesn't matter, if they don't like your score, sometimes the down payment doesn't overcome the lease Approval Does not mean zero out of pocket. Still paying taxes, fees, and first month's payment up front. So when you look at these ads and you read the small print, the most important thing to see when you're seeing the ad is it'll say, based on an MSRP of whatever. But then when you go to the dealership, instead of the car being the $37,000 car that was in the picture, the least was based off a car that was 24000 So now you have a car that's $13,000 difference from the picture to what the actual car is. And you want the car that's in the picture. Now, what you have to remember is just make up a number. If the residual's 50% and it's a $13,000 difference, it's $6,500. The difference in $6,500 on a 36 month lease is roughly 190 bucks a month. Now, the one thing that it never includes is your sales tax. If you lease a car with a $500 payment, it's advertised $499 plus tax. The sales tax rate is 8%. You now have 8% on top of the $500, which is another $40 bucks a month. So your payment's really not $499, it's $539 if the tax is 8%. The biggest thing that you have to remember to read is this. Let's see if I can find it. And what I like about this article, typically typically, lessees do not put a lot of money down towards the newly leased vehicle since they will be turning it to the dealership in approximately two or three years. Due to this, many dealerships will advertise vehicle prices with just that, zero money down. This will keep the monthly cost of the vehicle a little higher, but consumers will have the peace of mind that they don't need to shell out a lot of cash all at once. Although it is much more common to see a down payment applied to a vehicle as being financed as opposed to being leased, sometimes making a down payment on a lease is in the lessee's best interest. If you don't have extra cash to spare at the time of your lease, making a sizable down payment will take a chunk out of the total lease. If you do have extra cash, that is, to spare, okay, do not put a lot of money into a lease. Okay? That's like renting a house and changing the countertops. A lease is basically a different way of driving a car. The most important thing to remember when you're leasing a car is understanding the small print. Okay, Some folks are paying these upfront fees when purchasing the car. Some have a set amount of total numbers they're willing to pay at signing, and others do not want to pay anything at signing. Bring us to our next and most popular option. Even some of the sign and drive deals say does not include Sales tax does not include doc fee, license plates, first month's payment, acquisition fee. A lot of times that stuff, can it, it can all always be rolled into a lease. Now, one of the things that's nice about 99% of the leases that you look at is they do include what's called gap insurance. So... If you lease a car with no money down and your car gets stolen and not recovered, as long as you're in good standing with the bank and you have negative equity, the gap insurance from the lease automatically picks that up. Uh, There's so many other things to talk about when it comes to leasing a car. And if you have any questions about that or if you're thinking about doing it, you're not sure what direction to take, please Remember, reach out to me, 602-525-1370. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. I want to wish everybody a happy and healthy New Year. It's January 1st. I hope you had a great evening. I normally stay home on New Year's Eve. I call it amateur night. I don't want to be out driving around. Very special thanks to Joey Staples at Earnhardt Honda, Adam Breen at Earnhardt Hyundai. David Garcia, Alex Medina, Rodeo Ford, Chad Sassan over at Rodeo Kia, and Rich Deshitis and Todd over at Lundy's Peoria Volkswagen. Once again, the easiest way to reach me, it's 602-525-1370.